In this episode, you're going to learn how one musician used TikTok to skyrocket his following. And even though I'm a YouTube expert when it comes to podcasting and podcast interviews, his tips and tricks to grow a following still apply to all social platforms so you can grow your business. So sit back, relax, and here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by pop punk and TikTok sensation, Matt Copley. What's going on, man? How's it going, dude? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for taking your time. And we're just going to jump right into it. I And I also forgot to mention that you are the lead singer of the band Unwell. And how I'm always curious of how you got started in the music industry. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I started like singing when I was really young and I just got my roots is like in theater on stage and stuff. And so that's kind of like where my background lied. And then I was in a pop punk band in high school and it wasn't anything serious. It was just like a high school band. And then, um, yeah, I got, I got my bachelor's degree. I went to a music school. Um, so I got my bachelor's in music and then I joined on well right after I graduated college. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a couple of, I think we've been together for like two years now. So it's just been a, it's been a quick journey for me so far. <laughs> And how did, and how does what, like, I'm always curious on how bands actually form. I know you guys are kind of all friends, but it's like, how did you, how did you guys all end up coming together? Yeah. Uh, so I knew Chris, who's our rhythm guitarist. I knew him from my old band. We went to high school together and then, um, Drew what is our producer and bassist. And we met him because I was recording during the pandemic, we, before we formed, I wrote a musical and I wanted to record it. And so I went to Chris because I knew Chris worked with Drew and recording other metalcore bands and pop punk bands. And I was like, hey, would you guys want to record a musical album? And they were like, sure. <laughs> and so we we spent two whole weeks doing that. And then like during those two weeks, I got to know Drew really well. And we just started like talking about like, hey, maybe we should just like, you know, write write a song together. Why not? And then we ended up writing a song together and that was our first single we put out which was tightrope and we wrote that in a day and like the rest is history we just kind of kind of hit the ground running from there and how do you guys like because i know i guess i'm always curious as well as how bands pick their genre and what like pulls you to pop punk versus like metalcore rock alternative anything like that yeah uh so my like my music taste in general has always lied in pop punk, like on the softer side of things, like the Blink-182, the Sum 41 was huge for me and Green Day. Like that's uh, like all time low Mayday Parade, all those like old, like very kind of soft pop rock, pop emo, whatever you want to call them. Um, that's what I listened to growing up. And then Drew, our producer, comes from like a very metalcore heavy scene. And that's what mm -hmm. like most bands he produces is like that. So we kind of got our style and our like kind of unique flair from the combination of those two things. And me having my theater background too, like I, I came from more of the pop side and Drew came from more of the metalcore side. And Chris is in there with like the same, he, he has a taste of both because he was in theater with me too. And um, so, yeah, we kind of developed this sound. That's like, a, we call it aggressive pop punk because we have uh, a lot of traditional pop punk, like hooky melody or catchy melodies, a lot of cool hooks. Um, but we have a lot of medical, uh, medical, metal core. Sorry, yeah. I can't. I got it. <laughs> um, elements like uh, like a lot of double kick, a lot of, um, you know, pick scrapes, a lot of guitar bending uh, or string bending, a lot of cool like metal core elements into our stuff. And we have a lot of cool like breakdowns in our music, too. That's not traditionally in pop punk music. So that's kind of how we melded this like unique kind of sound. And what do you think of like this new wave of pop punk? Because I feel like it was there because I, I was there. That was my whole scene that you mentioned, uh, All Time Low and Mayday Parade. I saw them together on tour a while back. Awesome. <laughs> and um, it's just like I said, I feel like it it went and then it died. And now it's just coming back in this whole new wave. So I'm just curious, like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I love it. I, I yeah. really like very nostalgic you know i think what kind of happened there was like once it died off um and the pandemic happened everyone was like resorted to home everyone was stuck inside and like i think a lot of people grabbed onto nostalgia and nostalgic things because they were either back at home at their parents house they were just like stuck inside for a very long time and like they resorted to things that they knew made them comfortable or knew that they liked and i think this resurgence of pop punk was like one of those things for a lot of people and you know and with mgk kind of like 
releasing his first pop punk album during this time period too it kind of just like it's kind of like this huge like cannonball of just pop punk all at once and yeah i think that's kind of what jump-started this whole resurgence and i i really enjoy it i love you know it's like it's nostalgic for me in a sense but it also with this new band on well and and us making new like pop punk it's it's cool to you know kind of ride this wave with it right now that MGK transition was insane. Like uh, my one of my business mentors always talks about with uh, with his business, like what you start with is not what you end with. And to see where MGK came from, from like this hardcore rapper to like this, well, just quote unquote pop punk. It was like, yeah. wait, what? And now, I mean, he's just skyrocketed so it's just it's crazy to see something with like such a shift like that yeah yep exactly there's there's i think a lot of artists shifted during the pandemic and a lot of people are yeah i think i think that just shows growth you know i don't necessarily have an opinion on on his music as a whole but like or as him and as an art as an artist as a whole but like Mm -hmm. I really respect artists that can make a change that drastic and like still be very relevant and, and even skyrocket their career further. So, so nothing but respect for my end for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause I was never really big into MGK stuff and nor do I really have an opinion. I just, like I said, I look at it for more of just like progression and where they kind of go. Cause I think on a service level, people are like, Oh, he sold out. But then it's like, they said that with green day. Right. Green Day, they right. were like, oh, you're a bunch of sellouts. But it's like, I don't think people realize like they were living in a van. They couldn't rub two nickels together. And then this record company comes along and is like, hey, we'll pay you millions of dollars to go mainstream. You think they're going to be like, no, nah, man, we're going to just stay in the gutter. No, they did. And now they're huge, huge. Easy to judge and speculate from the outside looking in, but, you know, to actually be in those conversations and be in their positions is a whole nother thing that a lot of people, you know, have a hard time putting themselves in their shoes. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't buddy for making the decisions they make, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so, and you guys in this new wave, I guess marketing was a little different back then. I'm trying to even think of how I remember listening to like the radio and, um, I think it was it called like soundbar or sound club. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Pure volume. That's what it was. It's called pure volume. That's how we kind of like found our, like all these new bands or whatever. And, um, but now it's TikTok and you guys have just jumped on that train. And can you tell me a little bit uh, about how you've been marketing your band on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, music on TikTok blew up again during the pandemic. And like we recognized that and saw that as an opportunity to promote ourselves. And so we, we definitely hopped right on that. And, you know, what our kind of strategy or just like our big thing is like sharing our story. Like people just want to be a part of your story and like feel like they're in on something. Um, and want to feel like, yeah, they're part of this cool club that like not other people know about. And that's kind of like, so we try to take, we try to have a very personalized approach to TikTok and feel like we're just having a one-on-one conversation with somebody on the other end of this phone. Um, so every video we post, you know, we try, there's exceptions, but we try to have like very conversational videos, just like telling our stories, telling like why the song or like why we wrote this song, you know, what's going on in our life that made us write this song. And that's proved to attract a lot of people apparently. And it's, it's cool. It's cool to see people relate to our music and to, you know, convert to following us on Instagram or convert to just, you know, being Spotify listeners or just fans of us. And it's, it's cool. Yeah. Did you have uh, one video in specific where, cause everyone starts at zero and it's like, you may get a hundred here or a thousand here, but it was there. We call it, um, I'm more of a YouTube guy. So we call it like the hockey stick effect where it's like, you're just going, going, going. And then all of a sudden just it skyrockets. Did you yeah. have a specific video that just took off and really kind of like opened up the doors for you guys? Yeah, it was this, <laughs> it was this video that was a trend going around at the time. It was about a year ago or about six or seven months ago now. Um, there was this trend going on about like, uh, I created a bot and I made a listen to a thousand hours of pop punk music and this is what it came up with. And then we would play our song. And so, or play whoever song it was. It was a trend yeah. that a lot of people And so we just hopped on that trend and that happened to give us a million views in like a couple days. And it was, it was, it was honestly just one of those things that like we did not expect at all. It just happened out of you know out of sheer sure luck and um 
yeah, that that honestly really skyrocketed our TikTok, our Spotify following, our following on Instagram. It it did a lot for us. And uh, so after seeing that, we were like, okay, th- there's a lot of power in TikTok. <laughs> yeah, and when who noticed it first? Was it you or is it any other band members who noticed that the video hit a million views first? And did they did somebody text somebody? Did somebody call somebody? Or how did that how did that happen? I honestly don't remember because it was it was a little bit ago now, but I yeah. I I'm almost positive it was me that noticed it because I'm I'm pretty much the most active one on on the band TikTok, um, but yeah I remember because I oh I also remember sorry more details are coming no back you're good you're good let's hear it I remember like the first 24 hours we posted the video it wasn't doing super hot I remember it being like very mid grade like a couple thousand maybe nothing crazy and then after like 24 hours it started getting like, it started doubling and the doubling and then doubling and then doubling. And we were like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. And then it just like went from like 10,000 to 20,000 to 50,000 to 200,000 in like a matter of hours. And we were like, what? <laughs> um, and yeah, that's when, the, when our group chat was going crazy because we were just like, guys, 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 look at this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. And what I love about your guys's content, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about too, is it's very, like the quality is good, but it's very simple. And I th- and I see this all the time, whether it's podcasting, video podcasting, podcast interviews, or just creating content for your business brands, and in your case, bands, is people get so caught up in the gear, the latest audio gear, the latest camera, like what camera are you using? Or, oh, what? how did you make it do this? How did you make it do that? And you guys keep it insanely simple. And it is just, uh, it, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, man. I, I preach this to, you know, everyone that I kind of like, uh, consult with about TikTok and, and social media is like, you don't need the latest equipment. You don't need the fanciest stuff because people at the root of it, people don't want to be advertised to or look like they're being advertised to on social media. They come to social media for like entertainment or education. And that's pretty much for the most part it. And you know, and like I said, like about being relatable and like trying to just people want to be a part of your story, part of your journey. That's what TikTok's like great at. So if you're using an iPhone, a tool that's in everybody's pockets that looks familiar to everyone, they're going to be a lot more willing to stay and watch that video. Um, whether it's sublim- like it might just be subliminal in their minds or like it might just be like, you know, some of that subconscious kind of marketing kind of tactics. But like it's it's a true fact because if, if you use like a very high quality like black magic camera that looks but like freaking amazing and you're like so proud of it and you post it and it gets like a hundred views because it looks so good it looks like an ad almost you know at least mm-hmm. in my experience like that's almost always what happens and you know there's always exceptions to everything but for the majority for the vast majority of tiktok especially they encourage and instagram too they encourage imperfections in videos and they even tell you that i think in like their creator um, like tips and tricks and stuff. Like it doesn't matter if it's a perfect video or not. They just want to see you and see you as a creator and see what you can do. And like, that's what the, you know, the algorithms value. So yeah, we, we keep it simple. We keep it simple. So it, it appeals to like as many people as possible. Yeah. And I even saw that it took when you guys shot your music video for epiphany, it's uh, you guys shot it in one hour. Which I've been on. So I used to be an entertainment reporter out in Los Angeles and I used to be on sets for movies and music videos. As you did, it is like an all day process and it is, it's just constantly on loop. It is exhausting. So when I saw it's like, oh, they shot it in an hour, just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, You guys are just practicing what you preach on even on a professional side where you know whether it's your label or whether you're independent whatever you guys just want to get it out there as soon as possible yeah and honestly we we love this music video uh videographer we work with his name is matthew pimentel he's up out of detroit he's amazing highly recommend him but you know we work with him a lot and one of the things he preaches is like almost always for the most part, all, again, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, the first take is almost always the best take when it comes to like band performance music videos. Like almost always the first take's the best, unless you're like getting like levels adjusted, whatever. But I mean, like, and so that's on, and that's true for us. Uh, and you know, every band is different, but like for us, our first takes are almost always good and we just rip through it. I mean, there's no sense for us in like pounding out the same performance shot like 20 times in a row we do it maybe three times and call it like a day because like 
I don't know. That's, that's just how we, we work. We just, we, like, we just knock it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one's got time for 20 takes of you, you know, jumping around or, you know, whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> Um, yeah. do you guys, do you guys think, I know there's what, four or five members of the band, right? Yeah. There's five of us. Yeah. So w- when they said, when the videographer was like, you know, we're just going to do this quick, we're going to knock this out. Um, and you know, it's still got to look good. I'm sure you guys use professional cameras and everything like that. Was there any pushback from any of the band members? Like maybe we should be taking a little bit longer maybe we should get this shot right or was everybody like let's get this done and just push it out there was everybody on the same page so the first music video we did with matthew um because we did we did a couple music videos before like some of our first music videos we did with a very different team and that was very planned out and those were like more all-day shoots and ultimately we weren't super like we were happy with how they turned out but looking back now we would definitely redo uh, some of our decisions but so yeah there was a little bit of hesitancy with within the band when we first started working with matthew because like because we had those fears like is this even like is this going to turn out and like we would do a shot and matthew would be like all right let's move on and there would be like some some pushback just be like i don't know like th- are you sure we got it and so that first video with him epiphany was we we just had to like trust him and he was just like trust me it'll look good and then once we got the the music video back the first cut back we were like oh, okay yeah this looks <laughs> <laughs> and so and so now now we're all on board and, and we trust Matthew a lot. But I mean, I think finding the the right person, the right videographer and editor that you trust and know can work really well with you and, and put a good video together. Then, you know, I, I think that's key. Yeah. And also he must have been pretty convincing because I've worked with like behind the camera a lot, whether it's, you know, because I do a lot of that stuff, too. Uh, and it's like convincing some people to just let it be and keep it simple is uh it can be tough sometimes, but do you think going forward, you guys will stick with that? And it's like, let's see if we can shoot this in an hour or maybe even challenge you to shoot it on an iPhone. Cause if your guy is good and he's like, you trust him, it's like, maybe you try using that iPhone 13 or maybe even like an iPhone eight and just like, let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, that's definitely a possibility. We'll, we, we are always down to create and collaborate with anybody we work with. We're a very collaborative band in that sense, as far as artwork goes and music and, and videos. So we're always open for things. Um, you know, moving forward, something we try to do with this upcoming music video, Clueless, it's a lot more involved than Epiphany was because Epiphany was a very just like performance video and that was it. We didn't have any sets or scene changes. It was just straight up us singing in a, and performing in a, in a white void. And then Clueless was shot in a McDonald's uh, with with like not really like a kind of a storyline, but not really a storyline. It's more just like different kinds of like scenarios within the McDonald's and then performance shots set up in front of the drink machine. So like it was a little more involved this time. So it took, you know, it took like three hours instead of like one hour because of all the setup and the different scene changes and stuff. But we're always open to, like I said, whatever looks best for the for the music and the and the goal we want to achieve if, if you know. If like shooting something on an iPhone is going to accomplish what we want, then by all means, we're going to shoot it on an iPhone. You know, it's it's part of the thing. But I will say, sorry, I'm rambling. But no, you're good. You're good, man. I will say we something we have been doing that's proved really helpful for us is in addition to the videographer, Matthew, that we work with, we also for music video shoots, hire a photographer and uh, like iPhone videographer too. So we're also getting behind the scenes content and iPhone content on top of the professional music video grade content too. So we're like, we're double dutying it and it's been, it's proven to help us out immensely in terms of like backloading content and stuff. So what would you say to people who push back on that? Because I hear that a lot too, when it comes creating content is to have a have a videographer for behind the scenes and photographer while you're shooting. And I know it sounds like a lot and people are like, Oh, the money da 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 da. It's like train somebody. Cause it's like yeah. you you're knocking out two birds with one stone. And it's like, even with these podcast interviews, which you'll see whether we talk for 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour, that's mm-hmm. 30 pieces of content just straight. But that's like, if I were to just put these on top of each other, like I normally do, and then it's like, okay, well, that's 30 clips. And then it's like, okay, well, let's see 
let's put the same 30 clips on with captions and see what's that. And then it's like, okay, well, let's do that with, you know, all the ones that did really well. You've got almost a hundred pieces of content in one yeah. thing. So in your case, you have photo, which you mm-hmm. can use forever. And then it's like, you've got BTS stuff. Like I saw, um, I can't remember what song it was. I think it may have been, it was either Clueless or Tightrope or your, I think your producer was kind of, no, 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 no. It was Epiphany. And he was showing the uh, vocals on like how you guys, like almost like the whole process on how that was done. And it was just like the screen going that I think is, uh, that's the behind the scenes I'm talking about, which I personally as like, cause I'm not, I don't have a musicianal, lick in my body, man. Um, but it's really cool to see the behind the scenes process on how those songs are made, how everything's stacked up in pro tools and everything like that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think for anybody that's, that's doing music videos or just, or just any kind of content in general, like pay, pay for your music, music videographer for sure. But like I was saying earlier, you don't need a professional camera or professional a person to pay thousands of dollars to shoot behind the scene footage or iPhone footage just for content, pay your best friend 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or even 200 if you want to ball out and just get someone to hold an iPhone and press record. Like what, like while you're doing your thing, like, trust me, that footage will come in so much more handy than you ever think it will. Because again, people on TikTok and reels and shorts and all that stuff, like just want to be a part of your story and being seen behind the scenes content. That's just raw footage. That's like very transparent is something people love. So yeah. And I know trends and stuff are important, but you keep touching on something that I think, uh, doesn't get as much love as it should. And that's storytelling. Uh, Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of interviews and Mr. Beast, obviously master storyteller, but he said something along the lines of you will learn more from watching a Pixar movie that uh, with creating content and storyline versus like, looking up the best tips and tricks on YouTube and TikTok. It's like, it's the story that matters. Yes. A hundred percent. It's, it's a hundred, it's always the story. And it's what's, what's unique to you. Cause like you said, you can look up tips and tricks all you want and you can implement as many of those as you can. But ultimately if your story or your content isn't appealing or, you know, interesting then not to be harsh, but like if it's, if it's not those things, then like, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, like you need, to individualize your content and figure out what makes you different from the rest, whether that's music or whether that's art or whether that's video, whatever it may be, you know, your content needs to be individualized and unique to you. Um, and then figure out how to, you know, make that a story, how to tell your story as an individual or as an artist, or as a creator. Um, that's like the, by far the most important thing over any tips and tricks. Yeah. And what's, I guess, been your secret sauce as far as, uh, separating yourself from the pack of like other TikTok creators and other pop punk emo bands? Um, uh, yeah, I hate to kind of keep beating this nail, but like, it's the storytelling it's, it's, um, you know, it's just telling our unique story. We're not, you know, we're not exaggerating any truths at all. And there's no shame in doing that, but like we, we are literally just authentically telling our story. Like, for this campaign we're doing right now for our next single clueless uh for those of you listening or watching it's it's a it's a song about not knowing what you're doing in life and feeling stuck and uh the whole music video is shot in a mcdonald's and two of our band members work in mcdonald's together because they live together and they work in mcdonald's together and one's been in a manager there for eight years and this is a song that relates to them it's one of the reasons why we wrote this song and so that's was the whole idea behind shooting the music video and this content campaign and strategy is like we just want to tell this story like we want to tell what's going on in our lives like that's actually going on in our lives and people relate to it there's so many you know how many people work at mcdonald's man like (laughs) there's so many people that can relate and so many people that can relate to just being stuck in life like that's such a broad topic that so many people can relate to at one point or another in their life and that is what we want is just to relate to as many people as possible and and just trying to grab people's attention by authentic storytelling. So I think that's what really sets us apart. And does McDonald's know you guys are shooting a music video in there? I got to ask, cause I know getting corporate uh, approval for stuff like that. Not so the easiest did. thing. <laughs> yeah, no. So we did um, because Chris are, has been a manager there for eight years, we did have to get approval. He got approval from like his higher ups. I don't know how high up the chain it had to go, but he had to get approval that after they closed, 
that night we set up in their lobby and shot overnight um while while the store was closed but i mean i don't know i mean normally no like they would never do it you know we couldn't show any logos we couldn't do any of that stuff we had to make sure everything was was taken down or covered we had to shut off like the menu screens we had to do like a lot of precautionary things but they ultimately gave us the permission because i think uh chris's bosses like them <laughs> that is dude seriously that is i almost say that would be the hardest part of that video because you kept saying i was like hopefully this is run and gun and it's more of a let's ask for forgiveness versus <laughs> let's ask for permission and then it was like okay well you've been working there eight years it's like but you guys are ready to go like full time full time into the band so is this kind of like the send-off like we're gonna shoot this and just see what happens if it becomes a spectacle <laughs> yeah you guys get free advertising through that as well so i just i didn't know which which one it was yeah, yeah we we definitely got permission because we just needed you know it was like a whole production setup basically because matthew was bringing in all of his lights and his camera and then we had like the crew member or like the other photographer and videographer and we had to do performance shots in mcdonald's so like it was a lot so we figured we definitely ask instead of just <laughs> yeah and how how long did it take um, so I think it took around three hours from the time okay. we, um, shooting. I think we started setting up at once the lobby closed at nine o'clock and then they, so I guess it took two hours to set up because we couldn't start shooting until they fully closed the drive through at 11 PM. So once, as soon as it hit 11 PM, we started performing and shooting and it took about three hours, I think from that moment. So we were out of there at like one thirty two ish. Did anybody come through the drive through or like pass by and be like, what the hell is going on in there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we were like shining lights all yeah. through the lot. And people, yeah, there were some people just being like, mm -hmm, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and by any chance, this would be, you might, you might know the answer to this, but you could relay it to Chris. Um, why is the ice cream machine always broken in McDonald's? Oops, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't have that answer for you. I wish, I wish I knew those secrets, but <laughs> I can ask Chris. I can report back to you. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard rumors. I've heard a couple things. I've heard that it, like the machine is like this fifteen thousand dollar machine that just doesn't exist anywhere with any company, and to get somebody out there is like a royal pain in the butt. And then I've <laughs> also heard that there's an app that tells you which machines are still working and which ones aren't. But I know that is a constant question with that damn oh. ice cream machine. <laughs> I didn't know they had apps that do that. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I just texted him. So we'll get back by the time this interview is done, <laughs> man. That's, that's crazy. And I know, uh, with your lead, with, and, uh, your main song, no epiphany. I know that was like, yeah, I mean that thing got some serious traction how did it feel yep. as like an artist of, of going through the whole process of writing, shooting and things? It's like, you don't know what's going to hit or not. And for that to get that much traction, is that just like a whole different level of dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline hit? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, shooting that, recording that song and writing it, we had no idea it was going to be, we knew it was like good. We knew it was like one of our best, best pieces we did to, to date at that point but like we didn't know had no idea how how viral it would go or how you know how well it would do on the charts it was just like a very you know let's put this out there it was the first time we really tried to advertise on tiktok so we were kind of on tiktok before epiphany but we weren't like actively campaigning and so t epiphany was our first like very active campaign and and yeah it just yeah it, it was it was so surreal and it just took you know, we're an independent band. We haven't always been independent, but that was our epiphany was our first single that was independent and having it go viral and have the success it had like that was just meant so much to us. And uh, it just, it just, you know, keeps us going today. This why we keep making some more music was because of that song. Man. Yeah. And, um, as far as how many streams did it get? Or how many streams does it have to date? Do you know, isn't um, it coming up on at least a mil? Um, I don't know, like across platform, like in total streams everywhere. I'm not sure where it's at. I know on Spotify, it's got like 450,000, I think alone. Um, but when we, uh, you know, when we released the song, it charted on the iTunes rock chart at number three. 
Um, and so it, we had, we sold a lot of like digital downloads and digital copies of that song, which, um, you know, which is awesome for us, but it's hard to track those streams, <laughs> you know, yeah. when someone buys it. Was so, it, was it, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it cool <laughs> to see it? Was it, I know you charted number three. Was it really cool to see your name right above falling in reverse? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that had to have been, that, that's, that's crazy, man. That's the most surreal part right there was, was seeing the names we were up on the charts with. It was like, oh yeah, we just couldn't believe it, man. It was, it was insane. <laughs> and I know you're going on tour with every Avenue, but do you guys have aspirations to, uh, ever go on tour with Ronnie Radke and falling in verse? Oh yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. Uh, if that chance ever came our way, we would a hundred percent take that. That's he's, he's a falling in reverse is a mega band. They're mega stars right now. And it's, it's so cool to see their growth too. Yeah. If you guys, and I know falling in reverse is so, I mean, he's famous for just like, I wouldn't even know what genre to put him in. Um, <laughs> just because he's just like rap screamo pot. There's like, he's got his pop punk stuff. But it's just all over the place, and they sample from different genres and things like that. Does your band have plans to do something like that? Whether it's you know introducing rap or more screaming or more or just even country. I don't know. I've seen these pop punk country bands out there that are sampling from each other. Do you guys have any upcoming projects that you can talk about where you might be doing stuff like that? Um, I can't really speak on much of that right now. I, I, oh, you're good. Sorry. Um, I can't say that you know, we have any immediate plans to, you know, make a dramatic change in how we, in our sound or introduce anything, you know, very different or very new, but you know, every, every single we write and every release we make is unique in itself. And there's, always elements to each song that's different than what we've done before i wouldn't say it's anything dramatic though like i, I think like yeah some songs are gonna be heavier like epiphany we're gonna have some more screens on some of this new ep that we have coming out there's gonna be like heavier songs like that there's also a lot lighter songs there's a, a really really beautiful acoustic song we wrote that's coming out on the ep that's very soft and, and mild tempered um and so there's there's a, a there's a good mix of um vibes to, to put it on on the on the record on the new one that's coming out so we like to we like to have a wide array between pop punk and in you know uh nearing the edge of metalcore but um yeah we, we kind of stay within that right now and how do you know like because i i saw on tiktok you you know epiphany was just this huge hit and it still is um and then the pressure to write another hit like to almost follow that is that like how high is the pressure to do something like that? It it's high pressure, man. It it's it's tough. I mean, we didn't think we we had no idea. It took us a long time to really be sold on on a song. We wrote the entire EP before we decided which was going to be the single, which is Clueless, like the follow up single. I mean, um, so it was tough. There was a lot of pressure on us, but ultimately, like I said, we just relied on the storytelling and our unique, you know, stories to to just take the lead and and you know direct us where we want to go. And what is the process like? Because I know with Clueless, your new one, because I saw when you had put, you know, oh, there's a lot of pressure on us, and I was like, oh well, let's see what the new one sounds like. And the new one's <laughs> it's solid, man. So it's just like, how do you know? It's like, do you guys get in your own head where it's like, oh man, is this good enough? Like, are they going to like this or like, uh, this is too poppy or maybe this is not poppy enough. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need that. Is it, or is it a little, is it more chaotic or is it more like organized or even a mix of both? Um, it's, I mean, it's pretty organized for us at least. Like we, we take it single by single. And so we wrote clueless first after epiphany actually and then we wrote five more songs and then it was after we went single by single then like we looked at our collection that we made and we were basically you know just kind of sorted through like the strengths and weaknesses of each song and we just felt it, it was it was clear to us that we were torn between two clueless and another song in the ep but ultimately we went with clueless because it is like the the clearest and um, like I said, most authentic story to us and like the, the most we felt most relatable to a, like a wide audience. 
Um, so that was our our thinking on choosing Clueless particularly. It was like I think we thought this song would appeal to a lot of people in a lot of different stages in, in life. And we and we liked the chorus. We thought the chorus was banging. So <laughs> we, so that's why we chose it. So what is the process like as far as from start to finish? Do you guys start with melody? Do you start with the lyrics? Like, where do you guys, what is your process like? We, every song is, is different, which is funny. We actually don't have like a set process, mm-hmm. which is like kind, of, kind of different. Um, so usually how we work is like either... Chris and Drew will come up with an instrumental idea. Like, so they'll start by writing drums and a cool like riff on the guitar. And then, uh, and then like, we'll, we'll write a melody or lyrics over that. We almost always start with the course. I will say that we almost Mm. always write the courses first and then build out from there. Um, but then sometimes I just come up with a melody in my head and then I like put it to like piano chords or something. And then I'll like voice memo it and send it to them and be like, Hey, like, I just thought of this. This sounds sick. Can you guys make a like a demo out of this? And then they'll like take my voice memo, write instruments to it, and then like send it back. And then we have kind of like a fleshed out demo. That's that's crazy, man. How do you? And I've heard. I I really need because I ask this question a lot, and I really need to get it dialed in as far as the facts go. But I think it was White Snake that Cherry Pie song, Cherry Pie. <laughs> I guess he wrote it in thirty minutes on the back or inside of a pizza box or something where, and then they were just like, let's boom, let's get this out. Would you guys ever try and do something like that? That would actually make for a good TikTok video. It's like, how long, like, can we write a song in under an hour or like an hour? And then it's like 30 minutes, put it out and see what happens. And if it, if it goes, it goes, if not, nah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be interested in that. I might have a hard time convincing some of the other band members to do that, but I would have a blast doing that. I work best under pressure, so. <laughs> Dude, that would, it, yeah, and I don't I don't want to shout. I just want to be like, yeah, remember that interview we did? That guy, that one dude, I don't even remember his name, but yeah, let's try this out and let's rock and roll. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. That's Yeah, maybe we might do that. And I also, before I forget with like live performances, do you by any chance get high on your own supply when it comes to music? Like whether it's Epiphany, Clueless or Tightrope, any one of your singles, is there anyone that just hits hard to you and you just kind of jam out on stage to? I mean, yeah, I, I jammed all of our stuff, but Epiphany, Epiphany was really cool live when we did it back in, uh, in July. That was a crazy time. That was so much fun. Epiphany is so much fun to do live. Yeah. And is that, and I'm assuming the crowd gets really into it too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, that was our closer on like the, our set closer on that tour. And, um, it was, yeah, people went wild for that song. It was so much fun. It was fun that we saw a couple, uh, pits open up and people like, you know, mosh yeah. into it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and this new tour that you guys, um, are touring with every avenue which when i saw that i was like wait a minute is because i could have sworn every avenue took a either they broke up or took a small sabbatical or a little break but i had to double check i was like holy crap they're back too like how did <laughs> how did that happen it's a long story but like at its base of it our one of our guitar players is actually filling in for one of the guitar players as, as a guitar player in every Avenue. Mm. Um, and that was like a whole thing. Cause every Avenue is actually from our same hometown in Michigan. Like originally they're not from there anymore, but um, so like we kind of made that connection uh, and basically one conversation led to another and learned they wanted to go on tour. So because we had that that in that kind of connection, we threw our names out there, and you know we really sold that we were like the hometown boys with them, and I think that's what sold us to get on that tour. So it was cool. <laughs> and when that, uh, what was the reaction when everything was all the lines and everything were signed, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna do this. It was it was surreal, man. I mean, because we got the same reaction. We were like, oh man, we didn't know every avenue was like still a band or even like making the look a comeback or you know whatever whatever their plans are. I'm not sure what their plans are going forward but yeah it was just an honor honestly it was so cool to be able to be on a, on a bill like this so we're we are very very excited 
And I know you guys, uh, at the time of this recording, I think you guys start in March at the beginning of March touring. How are you guys prepping right now for tour? We actually just had our first rehearsal last night, uh, for the tour We're we're practicing, um, this month of February, we're introducing two more, uh, two new songs to our set, reordering it and just reworking it. So it's a really fresh set going out on the road again. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just doing our thing, practicing and, and getting, getting the new songs under our belt and yeah. That's pretty much all we're doing. <laughs> you get, is there um, is there anything you're looking forward to the most while you guys are on tour? Um, I mean, I, I think it's uh, like simply just the traveling and seeing the different parts of the country is is the favorite part, and honestly, the downtime of it because uh, and we love perform, we love the actual when we perform our set. That's awesome. That's so much fun. Definitely a highlight. But like just being able to drive across the country and see different parts of you know different areas of life is really really cool to me at least and just to get away from like the everyday life for a little while and have a new scenery have new scenery is 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 really refreshing and um i and when i ask this i mean this like so i know you is everybody kind of still i guess working their odd jobs and then just taking a pause and then going on tour or is everybody about to you guys are just about to go full-fledged full-time yeah we're we're all still working our day jobs so um you know chris and drew have the time off from mcdonald's to go and do these tours um and then i'm in the same boat i have some time off from work to do these and uh yeah everyone's in the same boat we're always taking time off from our day jobs because we don't have the um consistency of touring or income yet to really jump jump to do this full time but we are making obviously that's the end goal so we are making strides towards that every day to you know put things in place to make sure we can do this make that jump hopefully very soon do you think still having day jobs and then going on tour keeps you guys super humble yeah yeah definitely because uh we're broke all the time <laughs> so so it's it's really tough to you know, so you have to fund band projects and still pay rent or pay your mortgage or, you know, just pay for life on top of, you know, also trying to fund like an, a whole album, which is why we're doing a Kickstarter, uh, because we just we've we've been self-funded from the start of it two years ago. And it's just been it's been tough. It's it's really, really tough as an independent band to just, you know, fund everything yourselves and and to start from literally nothing and, and build it from the ground up. So we're. We're definitely, it definitely humbles us having to work nine to fives and then, you know, fit in tours and like plead for the time off and hope we get, you know, our request approved. So it's, 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 it's tough, but, um, you know, it's the dream. It's what we want to be doing. So it's, it's, it's not, it's nothing but a thing. It's not a thing, whatever that saying is. (laughs) Yeah. Ain't nothing but a G thing or something like that. Um, how, (laughs) uh, but as a leader, um, yeah, as a leader, how do you keep everybody intact and keep everybody motivated? Because I know what you just said, a lot of people can relate to because whether you're trying to build a business, build a band, build your brand, it's like you people are still working their day jobs and their businesses or side hustles. And it's just between, you know, when you're working your nine to five, you're just wiped. And then it's like, you got to come home to, a you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, whatever, you got to give them time. Then it's like, you got to eat dinner. And then it's like, okay, now we got to focus on the band in your case from nine o'clock till 2am, do it all over again for peanuts. So how do you stay motivated? And how do you keep everybody else still motivated? So that's a really good question. You know, there's definitely lots of ups and downs in what we're doing right now. You know, there's there's really high moments like when Epiphany was released and we saw that the, you know, the reaction there, that was definitely what that made it worth all the down moments for us. But there's a lot of moments when we're like, you know, in the really the depths of writing our album or writing our next EP or, you know, just not really in the in the public spotlight at the moment. Those are tough times because it's um it's just hard we get hard on ourselves because we get lost in the nine to five we kind of lose sight of of you know the 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 dream but um something i like to do a lot of is just positive reinforcement um i always text my guys and always tell them 
you know, whenever they post TikToks, like like today or yesterday, someone posted TikTok and I I texted them. I was like, dude, that, I think that looks awesome. Like, thanks for pulling that out and just, you know, reaffirming to them that like they are doing an awesome job, even if the TikTok flops, even if, you know, because that stuff doesn't matter. They're they're putting in the work and it will eventually pay off. And that's something I, I always tell them, too, is like we're doing the, all the right things and we're doing everything within our power to do what we can do. Um, and so, yeah, and there's, there's just no space for negativity in our band. Our band's really good. We don't we don't fight. We don't like get in any like weird arguments or anything like that uh because we're just so like i said we're we're busy with our everyday lives on top of the band stuff so there's no room for like negative energy within our band or or any like any other things surrounding the band we're just we're very positive guys and we're just grateful for any anything and everything that we could receive like from uh you know fan reactions or fans reaching out our fans commenting or liking our stuff like we're just we're we're happy to see like 50 views on on a TikTok uh so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where we're at <laughs> yeah that and with the view uh with the views i don't think people realize like let's just say it got 50 views from like i think people are quick to just be like ah it's only 50 views but if it's like 50 people saw it if you just had like a auditorium or a room and saw 50 people in there i think you'd be like Okay, well, maybe that's not. Same with a hundred, same with a thousand, same with a million. Like you guys hit a million views. That's two million eyeballs, right? So it's like it's a it's it's perspective for sure. Um, but it's, is but I yeah. know oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's a hundred percent what you said. It's all about perspective. When you put it like that, and yeah, if 50 people just watched your video. I mean, that's 50 more people that you know, that hadn't seen your video before that hadn't maybe heard of you guys before, you know, like that's not nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's easy to lose sight of it, you know, especially after you have like a, like a million viewed video or a, some, some big commercial success to go from that to like a 50 viewed video. Like it's, it's hard. It's, it's easy to lose sight, but, um, it's all about perspective for sure. And this kind of goes along with my previous question as well, because, you know, uh, as far as, bands go you hear about bands breaking up or just kind of throwing in the towel have you guys ever almost quit and if you have what like pulled you guys back and it's like okay we're gonna do this we've got this no we've been fortunate enough that we've never thought about just throwing in the towel or quitting um hasn't even come up haven't even considered it um you know we have had some band member changes since we first started but i mean it's never put into question like the whole is uh, the band as a whole like we've always been very solid um and we're very happy with the lineup right now and everyone's you know very happy with their roles in the band so um yeah we're pretty fortunate in that <laughs> that 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 is good and you mentioned your fans uh, a second ago is uh what do you what has been the i guess most touching fit or uh, how do I word this uh what has been the best fan response you've gotten so far um it's, it's hard to to pick out a single moment but i will say a collection of moments that was my favorite was when we uh toured we opened up for this band called alisana um back in june or july and they're they were a really really popular band in their heyday um they were on fearless records they were the really big band and they asked us to go out to open for them on tour um in July of 2021, right after Epiphany got released. And seeing the reaction, because most of those people at that concert were there for Alessandro, they didn't know who we were. And having people come up to our merch table after our set and say like, whoa, like first, and Alessandro is like a, like a metal core, like heavy band. Um, and so for a pop punk band to be on that bill was kind of weird and out of place. And we didn't know how people would react to us. But people came up to us after after every like at every show would be like, you guys are so sick. Like I, I'm pop punk like you guys are like this aggressive pop punk that I've been looking for. And like, I can't believe you guys aren't bigger than you are. Blah, all the all these things that people would say to us were just so kind and so welcoming and nice. And that was like that was like the most unexpected because I was expecting like for people not to really to really like us because it was like a, a heavy bill. But it was it was very very um reaffirming uh to go on that tour and, and see all the positive reactions 
Yeah, I and I mean live music used to be my life for so long, man. I've got stacks and stacks of tickets when tickets were you actually had to go to like an actual ticket master to buy the <laughs> physical ticket, which was in like a Publix or something, which is, or which is like a Meyer where you guys yeah. are. And yeah, yeah. uh just to see just like the assortment, because yeah, like I would be the guy who would show up early to see the like first band just to see what were you know what was out there and yeah everyone it's like you said you know you do not like i have so many different genres that i like and then it's like to see somebody like that it's like oh okay and then it's just as surprising to you but i think it's cool that you guys still go out and sit at the merch table because i think that I haven't the recent shows that I've been people don't do that anymore uh, for, you know, I'm sure a a number of reasons now, but it's the, I think it's cool that you guys get to get out there and interact with the fans and, you know, build that base up. Yeah. That's something that's very important to us is still going to the merch table. All of us, we all go to the merch table after every set or after, or it depends on like the, the tour too. Sometimes we'll wait until like the last band is done because that's just kind of like courtesy um because you don't want to like distract from other people's other performer sets mm-hmm. so sometimes they'll wait till the very end to go out but whether it's it's right after our set or at the very end we always make sure we we go to the merch table and say hi to people that want to come say hey to us that's awesome man well dude i appreciate your time uh w- one last question and is that for other bands or anybody else who's creating content on whether it's TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Reels, whoever is focusing on content with video, what would you say your best piece of advice for them would be? It's what I've been saying most of this interview is be yourself, be authentic. Everyone wants to be a part of your story and hear your story. And you know, there's a million bands out there, there's a million artists, there's a million creators but there's no one like you, you know, you are your only you and you got to find out what makes you different and what's, what, what makes you an individual and just tell that story. So that'd be my best advice. (laughs) Awesome, man. And where can people find you online? Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube or TikTok, I'll have everything in the description below, but tell us where we can find you. Yeah, you can find us. You can find Unwell everywhere. Um, you can search Unwell on Spotify, YouTube. We're at Unwell Band everywhere on social media. So uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at Unwell Band everywhere. Um, and we're going on tour March 3rd to the 18th with Every Avenue and Makeout. So um, if you're in the East Coast or Midwest, come say hey. <laughs> awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.